Welcome to Slapshot Podcast, episode number 44. I'm your host, Chris Ramirez. Thank you for being here. Thank you for hanging out with me. I have returned to the motherland. That is right. I'm back from Las Vegas, Nevada. It was a blast. I had a bunch of fun hanging out with some great content creators, playing video games, hanging out in the heat. I have now returned to the cold, early darkness. But I'm happy to be home, though. I'm happy to be home. I'm happy to be talking hockey again. Damn, it's been a it's it's been a minute, but I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to be here. Thank you for tuning in. If this is your first time tuning in, a welcome in. Thank you for stumbling upon this. This is your 44th time hanging out. Welcome back in. I appreciate you being here and listening to this beautiful episode. If you're listening to this over on the Spotify, the Stitcher, the Apple Podcast, the Podbean, while you're there, go ahead and click the subscribe button and hang out so you can get every new episode downloaded straight to you. No need to look for the podcast. It'll be there. If you are listening to this over on the YouTube channel, A, thank you for doing so. While you're there, make sure you go and hit the sub button, ring the bell so you get notified when new content in general goes live, including Slapshot Podcast. If you need to find me on the interwebs, on the YouTube, FuzzyChris91, you can find me on Twitter, at FuzzyChris91, the podcast as well, at Slapshot Podcast. There you go. Go ahead, do yourselves a favor, hit the follow button, follow me, follow the podcast. I would greatly appreciate it. All right, now that we've got through that, let's take, here's the topic for the day. All right, we're going to talk about something. It kind of stumbled upon me. I wanted to go a different route here, but I was reading up on this, and I felt like this was a great conversation to have, and it's going to be very specific to where I live, which is basically the Quebec Premier, so Francois Legault. If you have no idea what a Premier is, think of him as a governor. Right. If you're an American, he's a governor, basically same thing. Governor of a state, premier of a province. He has announced a plan to boost the number of French born players in the NHL. I know there's lots of things that need to be done in this province, but it's good to see the premiers taking things at hand here by worrying about the number of French speaking players in the NHL. So. This obviously this has been this is look, this is a long this has been a long issue going on here for for the the longest of time if you live in the province of Quebec you know the battle between you know English and French how much of it and obviously hockey is no different hockey is no different from that right like there's a reason every coach and GM has to speak French right narrows down your criteria of qualified individuals because they need to be able to speak to the French media and it is what it is. The last head coach to not speak French, right? I'm going to throw out a name here. Half of you probably don't know. And why would you, right? Randy Cunningworth. Remember him? I think he took over from like Bob Ganey or something. And he was the last uh, GM, uh, sorry, coach to not speak um, French. And that was a huge problem. And we remember in May, right? Canadians are on this run to the Stanley Cup, right? And, I mean, people were losing their minds because the Montreal Canadiens one game had not dressed, for the first time in their history, had not dressed a player from Quebec. It was the first time. And people were just losing it. They couldn't believe this. So here's the backstory to a little bit of this article, right, that was posted in the CBC. And it's more about 
it, it, it's a committee that's put together led by former NHL player Mac Denis, right? So you remember Mac Denis, goalie for the Columbus Blue Jackets, does a lot of stuff here locally on TV and the French media. And they put this together as to why fewer Quebec board players are reaching the sport's highest level. Why are there not as many French-speaking players in the NHL, right? So the Premier believes that there's about 30 to 50 of these players, which from doing my quick math seems about correct. There's not a ton of French-born players in the NHL. And the main problem is, right, like Quebec has had a long heritage of great players being born in the province who have become superstars. You think of players like Maurice Richard. You think of players like Guy Lafleur. These are great, some of the greatest players to ever play hockey. And, of course, they were French-born. And we don't have to go back a million years to find, you know, especially in Quebec for the longest time. I mean, think of goalies, right? Think of Patrick Roy, right? Think of Martin Brodin. Think of Roberto Luongo, right? Think of other, even just short of that, Corey Crawford, born in born and raised in the great province of Quebec. I think the last great goalie to come out in, Marc-Andre Fleury, also a born and raised here. But the conversation always comes down to why are there not why are there not more French players in the NHL? And the question also becomes, well, why don't they want to be here in Montreal? So if you look at the Habs current roster as of today, we are November 19th. As of today, right, up front, you have Jonathan Drouin, right, who is a Quebec native, Cedric Paquette, Mathieu Perrault, right, also two other French-speaking players. That's it. That's your forward group. There's not much there. On defense, we get a different conversation here. Again, there's not a ton. David Savard, remember him? Correct. Also a Quebec board player. And then in goal, Sam Montembeau. Also a Quebecer. So you have five players who are French descent playing for the Montreal Canadiens. I'm going to go out on the limb here and say not not many of them are great, right? Montembeau was picked up this season. David Savard was picked up this season. Paquette, Perot were brought in this season. We know Jonathan Drouin was out of the line. So, I mean, look, it's, it's very, it's comical to me because... This conversation is one that I feel like, I guess if you're a sovereignist or someone who believes in the separation of Quebec from Canada, you think this is a problem. For Again, not going to go through the history of Canada and Quebec because that that's a whole other conversation, but it's been a war forever. Does Quebec want to be its own, prov- its own country? Yes, but that'll never happen, neither here nor there. We're not going to get into that political debate. But when French players... Like, French players don't want to come here, okay? And let's spare the economical reasons, right? Income tax and money and all. Let's spare that, right? It's no secret that they don't want to come here at the beginning of their career. Like, again, Cedric Paquette and Matthew Perot are, you know, older-ish. Not Maybe not Paquette, but I mean, Paquette's a fringe NHL player at that point. Matthew Perot is a little bit older, you know, they want to play hockey. They want to get paid. So they came here, right? David Savard, the same thing. You know, he's on the other side of 30. He got a pretty good deal after winning a Stanley Cup. Sure, he'll come home. Sam Mont- Montembeau was picked off waivers. He didn't really have a choice, did he? 
But the Montreal Canadiens made an effort this offseason to go out and get players who speak French. That's not an accident. It's not an accident. Not at all. So we know that's not an accident. It's just the way that things happen. And because there's this need that people think, like, here's the thing for me. I don't care where this player is from. I want to build the best team possible, regardless of what language that they speak. This is including for GMs, coaches, players. I don't care what language you speak. Just be good at the game. And a lot of people share this opinion, but there are these people who believe that it's important for this team to identify itself as being predominantly French, which is no longer the case. First of all, there's not enough players in the NHL to meet. Like, what are you going to try to do? Have 50% of the league be French? Like back 40 years ago, the Montreal Canadiens used to get first dibs on every player who spoke French. Now we have what's called a draft. And that's no longer the case. But to me, the, the, the part of the article here that kind of gets me is that, you know, people, first of all, like I said, the premier is a very, you know, he's a sports fan. And this here, again, it, it goes through the article. You can read it if you want. I'll put it in the comment section. Um, sorry, I'll put it in the description on YouTube. So if you want to read the article, you can go ahead and read it. The, the, the article is well done, but. There's a lot of things here that caught me off guard, right? Hockey is more than a sport in Quebec, which is true, right? Like, it's basically an identity, right? There is a rich history between hockey and the province. This is no secret, right? Everybody knows that. It's a, I mean, hockey in, in the province of Quebec is a religion. It is. There's a place of worship, right? We have godlike figures. People, you know agree it's hockey brings people together and that i truly believe is something but at the same time i'm looking at this and again we're not going to get into this part right because hockey this is this is also like the reason you know lego is talking about this is because don't forget there he, he he's got to get reelected one day okay so let's leave politics out of it because there, there's one thing for him to stand on this and say hey you know, I want to appeal to voters. I want to appeal to them. Let's appeal to hockey because hockey and politics obviously mix in this province. It shouldn't. But look, he's he needs to appeal to a younger demographic. Hockey has fans that are, you know, from six months old to 96 years old. There is no middle, right? And we know that, again, in, I mean, in this article, it talks about, you know, maybe Quebec having its own world junior championship team, right? Which, again is a whole other conversation we're not going to have because you're not going to give Quebec its own. Like, imagine Team Quebec playing Team Canada. Like, that doesn't work, right? Like, at that point, give every province a team as well and give every state in the United States as well, right? Team Connecticut versus, I don't know, Team Wyoming. Why not, right? Just, anyways, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense to do that. And it's not something that will ever happen. And at one point, people just got to let go that Quebec's not getting its own like world junior team because they are not a country. But again, it's been a long time coming. Some people still think it's you know it is what it is. Here's here's where here's the meat and potatoes of the conversation that I want to get into because it says, well, why are there players who are not reaching the highest level, right? So before you talk about saying, hey, why don't the Montreal Canadiens go out and sign? more French-speaking players, right? 
I mean, for the longest time, Montreal had a problem with a captain who doesn't speak French. And now we don't hear much about it, right? Max Pacioretty was captain. Sacco Koivu before that took a ton of heat for not speaking French, right? When he took over as captain of the Montreal Canadiens, he took over a ton of heat for not speaking French. And now it's kind of one thing that as time moves on, people kind of get okay. Like they become okay with it, right? Max Pacioretty became captain. People didn't, you know, complain too much. There are no French-speaking players on the team who are worthy of being captain. There were none, right? Who are you going to give it to? Paul Byron? Paul Byron, by the way, does speak French. He's not from, he's not born here, but he speaks it, right? But again, Shea Weber became captain. Nobody really complained about it. Shea Weber was a captain elsewhere, and he deserves it 100%. So we've moved on a little, which is the same thing that I one day believe that your head coach won't have to speak French. So we can move away from having to recycle, you know, the Claude Julians, the Alain Vigneault's of the NHL. We can, you know, the Guy Carbonos. We can move away from just hiring the same coaches a whole bunch of times and, you know, go out and get somebody with skill. Not say that these coaches didn't have skill, but hiring them a second time might not have been the right way. And the same thing with your general manager. You don't have to find a general manager that speaks French. There are lots of general managers who are well qualified to be able to take over the job. And you know what? I don't care whether they're able to communicate with a journalist. I don't. All journalists speak English. Get it done. Journalists are not having conversations with like, like fans at home or with the media or whatnot. Their job is to run a team, and I don't care what language you speak. If you speak Russian, not a problem. Can you get the job done? Beautiful. But... Again, let's go back to the main part here. This is the part, I think, where like, if, if you want to have this committee, which, again, by the way, who knows how effective it's going to be. Like, is it really going to be good, right? You have three, you know, you have a couple of people on this committee, one being a goalie who played a bunch of years ago, trying to figure out what's wrong with hockey. You don't have to look far, right? Why are there not players getting to the highest level? Well, how many players are playing, right? Quebec has its own junior league, right? The Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. Right? And we know there are things that are not there. Alan Walsh is a big proponent of, you know, the players. And we know what happens in juniors about, you know, teams are out there. You know, players are all not always well treated. It's tough. The system isn't set up sometimes to always have success. You have a lot of European players who want to come over who choose to play in North America, which I think we should continue to accept, right? Like we take a lot of pride out of saying, hey, these players, you know, they don't speak French, but, I mean, Nathan McKinnon played in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League in Halifax, right? We forget a million years ago, Sidney Crosby also played in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League with the Yosinik and Ramuski. Like, these are big senses of pride as well. I mean, look at NFL players, right? When they get announced on TV, what do they announce? The school that they went to, which I think is pretty cool for, you know, which is something, I guess, that we at hockey don't associate with, right? Where did this player get drafted out of? Where did he come from? Oh, he came from Quebec. Is Quebec a place where we can school and help players develop to get to the NHL? Is that something that can happen? I think that's a sense of pride as well that a lot of people, we don't want to adopt others from outside, right? Like, you don't want to turn away European talent that's trying to come over and learn the North American game. You don't want to do that. But again... Why are they not getting here? Well, how many kids are playing hockey? Like, 
I understand that some people think that, you know, kids on TV watching, you know, nobody, again, no offense, David Savard, but nobody's growing up. No five-year-old saying, hey, I want to be the next David Savard in the NHL, right? Nobody's doing that. Nobody's saying, hey, I want to be the next Cedric Pocket. I understand how great it would be to look up to a French-speaking or French-born player on the Montreal Canadiens, of course. But, again, in order for you to get that, first of all, you have to have kids playing hockey. And I think there's less kids playing hockey not for two reasons. A, you know, sports in general has gotten bigger, right? More kids play soccer. That's, you know, a good thing. Looking at players, you know, like Alfonso Davies, kids look up and say, hey, I want to be him. Let's go play soccer. You know, the success that the Toronto Raptors had, more Canadian-born basketball players as well. Kids grow up and say, hey, I want to be the next, you know, Steve Nash, next Andrew Wiggins. I want to play for the Raptors. You know, there's there's a buzz around that, right? The Montreal Canadiens have not had a ton of success over the last, I don't know, 20, you know, since 93, I guess. Yeah, they've been good. They made it to the cup final, what, once last season? But again, in order, like, if you want kids to have fun and want to look up and play hockey, right, A, you got to get them. And it starts, yes, it starts with in your hometown, you know, growing up and saying, hey, I want to be like this. And there's nothing wrong with growing up as a kid and saying, hey, I want to be the next Shea Weber or I want to be the next Carey Price. Like, nothing wrong with that, right? Carey Price is going to go down as one of the greatest goalies to ever play for the Montreal Canadiens. He holds the record for most wins in a Canadiens uniform. He's elite in every sense. He's been elite for a better part of a decade now. And I think people just like, what, are we going to trash that because he doesn't speak French? Like, I'm sure Carey Price has influenced an entire generation of young kids who wanted to be a goalie out of the province here. The same way Marty Brodeur and Patrick Waugh did. The same way. The same way. There's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with it. And again, the question, if, if you want to find out what's wrong, how come they're not getting there? What's the sample size to kids getting there? And the second part of that is why aren't there, or why kids may be playing less. A, hockey is a very expensive sport to play. Trust me. As a person who buys $350 sticks willingly, it's an expensive sport. The equipment, especially for kids. Think about kids. They're growing up. You know how many times my parents had to buy me skates in two years because I outgrew them because my feet or pants or shoulder pads or, you know, shin pads or whatever else you needed. The elbow pads, the helmets, the gloves. Hockey is an expensive sport. And, I mean, let's not, again, let's not confuse anyone. Economic times for some parents are tough. I mean, the cost of living is higher. Inflation goes up. The co- like, It costs money to play hockey. Hockey is a very expensive sport that some kids do not have the privilege of playing. So there are probably talented kids who could play the sport, but it's not feasible. Between league fees, equipments. I mean, I remember going on tournaments. Tournaments are expensive. We used to go to like, you know, stores and pack bags. Try to collect, you know, some money during the holidays to fund some of the tournaments that we wanted to go to do two or three or, you know, go to collect bottles and cans and exchange them so we could get money. And people were very generous. My parents were, you know, able to put me in hockey and able to pay for tournaments and stuff. But that's not a reality for everybody. 
And that's also a conversation to have. Don't look at NHL players who are there and say, well, why aren't you coming here and say, why are there not enough? Some kids are never even making it that far. They can't go to hockey skill camps, right? And learn to perfect their skills and work with trainers, right? Are you hiring quality coaches, right? To to be able to develop these kids at those, you know, minor league levels. And I'm not talking about for every kid. I mean, I'm not great. You know, I play Sunday beer league. I have fun. Am I the worst? No. Can I skate? Yeah. But I enjoy it. And for for some, and look, for a lot of kids, the reality is going to be that. And for some that want to take it farther, you know, they go to these schools. They need, money is needed. And the hockey is expensive. So in consideration, when we talk about soccer and basketball, I mean, what do you need for basketball? Shoes? Shoes and one ball for, you know, 12 people. What do you need for soccer? Same thing. One ball, you know, shoes and shin pads. There's a reason. I mean, if, if you want to help kids play hockey, give them an incentive. You know, give ha, ha, let parents get a tax credit for registering their kids, for buying equipment. Encourage them to play the sport. That's if you can get parents to agree to play the sport. Here's the other side of that conversation. How many parents don't sign their kids up because they think hockey is violent? I I cringe every time I hear somebody say hockey is a violent sport. Hockey is not a violent sport. Hockey is a physical sport. In the same way that football is a physical sport. Football is not violent. As a matter of fact, there is no violent sport on the face of the earth. Facts. Even even the MMA, right? Even mixed martial arts. That is not a violent sport. It is a physical sport. By no means am I saying it's not physical. But there are rules that are governed around MMA, right? The guy doesn't just, like, MMA has a ring, right? There's a referee. They have rules. There are things you can, there's cannot do. You have gloves. Do players get knocked out and get bloody and broken? Yes. But the same way the NFL has torn ligaments. It's hap- It's not violent. It's physical. And hockey is a physical sport. But, I mean, over the last couple of years, how, I mean, listen to all the players who have died with CTE. Right, And the NHL and Gary Bettman and Bill Daly refusing to say that concussions are a problem. Right, Concussions are a problem in hockey, whether Gary Bettman wants to say it or not. So how many parents are looking at this saying, oh, I don't want my kid to have to deal with that? Or look at all the garbage that's going on right now, right? With Kyle Beach and everything else that Rick Westhead is going to dig up here in the next few months and years. Look at all that negative press assigned to hockey right now. You're telling me you're a parent? You want to sign your kid up so he can be addicted to opioids from his shoulder injury? I mean, again, ask yourself not like, again, and, and this is hockey in general, right? This is a big picture. But there's obviously there's parents who believe that and say, no, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to let my kid play hockey. A, it's too expensive. It's too dangerous. It's violent. I'm going to let him play soccer. It's safer. Again. Whether you agree or not is neither here nor there, but I can understand why parents would do that. So the player pool of Quebec players is getting smaller because, well, some parents are just saying, no, I don't want, there's alternatives, right? There's things that you can do outside of that. Even baseball. Baseball might be a little bit more expensive. The bats, the shoes, the helmets, the gloves, but it's, again, still a lot more affordable than hockey is a very expensive sport. 
So couple that with parents saying, well, why am I going to pay all this money so my kid can go out there and suffer three brain injuries by the time he's 18? I'm not going to do that. And with the NHL saying, well, no, it, it, you know, concussions are not a problem. Don't worry about it. Like actively neglecting and not putting players first. I understand why they would say, no, I'm not signing my kid up for this. That's to me, that's the biggest reason. Forget the play, forget the number of players who get to that point, right? There's like, once you get there, that's a different thing, right? I mean, Quebec players don't want to come here. They don't. Again, for economic reasons being one, you imagine being a superstar and living in this city? It's tough for NHL players to play in this market who are not from here. Again, Quebec players end up here, and the one that comes to my mind is Daniel Briere. Remember when he was leaving Buffalo? Montreal's offer was on the table. Where did he go? He chose to go to Philadelphia. He did play in Montreal years later. But he chose to go to Philadelphia, and a lot of players probably won't say it. I mean, this, it's different. Playing. Imagine this market right now. Open the newspaper right now if you're in the Montreal area. Read about the Montreal Canadiens. It's always negative talk. Blow this up. Sell this. Do this. Do that. Dominic Ducharme got his contract this year. Fire him nine games. Like, it's a tough market, man. It's a tough market. Ask Carey Price how playing in this market might be. From a man who's done it for so long. It's been tough. Especially on the other side of it. Where you're not having all the success. Again, he's going to go down as one of the best goalies to ever play for this franchise. And he has not had it easy. People have been calling him washed forever. It's tough. Why would you want to be a French-speaking player and having to deal with that too? In English and in French? Everywhere you go having to deal with people like that? The Cedric Pockets and the David Savards are not big enough to have to shoulder that. You imagine the Montreal Canadiens ever having a player of the caliber of, let's say, I don't know, Connor McDavid. You imagine one of those? You know how tough it would be for them here to have to grow up and be an idol? It's tough, man. It's tough. That's a culture problem, which a lot of players, again, economically just turn around and say, Again, for money-wise, I can go live in Florida, pay no tax, or I can play in Montreal where it's cold, get taxed the fuck out of my paycheck, uh, and have to deal with angry fans yelling at me everywhere I go and having to worry about... Like, players love coming to Montreal. We know this. They talk openly about it, saying, I love the city, I love the Bell Center. I Like, yeah, but they also like to get out, <laughs> you know? Like, they treat Montreal the same way we treat an all-inclusive, you know? Yeah, it's fun, but we're not living at an all-inclusive, right? People say, yeah, you know, I, I would. No, you would at the beginning. But then you would say, no, I don't want to do this. I want to go home. I want to sleep in my bed. I want, like, that's what it is, right? French-speaking players will, you know, play. They're, like, they'll come home for the offseason, but then they'll go back and go where they need to go. They'll come play at the Bell Center, have all their family in town. But then they leave and they go somewhere else. They go back to wherever, you know. Hockey in Arizona can't be that bad. The Arizona Code is garbage team. I mean, again, you can't control the weather, right? But you can't control the quality of life. And a lot of players want quality of life too. And they have that opportunity now. So why not go somewhere where the quality of life is good? I don't blame them. But again, for me, before we even get to why are there, like why the Canadians don't have enough French-speaking players. Like you're not producing enough and you don't have to go far to find the reasons. Right? You don't need a whole committee 
set up here to understand the logic behind this, right? And it's not a question of kids saying, oh, I don't see my favorite French-speaking player on this Montreal Canadiens team. I'm not going to get interested in hockey. And I don't think it's the same thing for long-term fans. If you build a culture of winning, at the, Mont- the Montreal Canadiens, is just, it's the same way the Toronto Maple Leafs are, right? I mean, the Toronto Maple Leafs haven't won shit in, what, 40-plus years, right? I mean, they're still one of the hottest teams ever. Montreal's the same thing. You still have fans that'll go. That doesn't change. But when you build a winning culture around that, you'll attract kids to that as well. And it'll be interesting for them as well. And when they watch the buzz in the city, the same way, you know, when when the, when the Toronto Raptors won their championship, the buzz in all these different cities with all the Jurassic Parks, that, like that's a vibe. That's what gets people into it. That's what kids see and say, hey, man, I want to I wanna be that person on TV, right? Getting good players from any background. Again, like I say, man, like kids growing up in this province, hey, man, I want to be the next Carey Price. Nothing wrong with that. No shame there. No matter where he's from, the man's basically a Quebecois now. I mean, he's been here for so long, right? So to me, that again, the question is not... You know, what are we like? Why are players not coming? Like, if, if the premier really wants to deal with this, there's a simple solution get kids excited about hockey. He can't do anything about the team being good, right? Like, that's that's not his problem. But encourage kids to play hockey. And again, it's expensive tax credits for parents who want to sign kids up, right? Resources for them as well about better coaching. Coach, these parents who do it sometimes are volunteers. Give them better coaching so that they can get better, so they can teach our kids at a lower level to be better. Right? Parents have to remember, kids at a young age, it's about learning. It's about having fun. Don't worry about you know the system that you're playing and how to throw a check. Like Just go out there and have fun. Make sure kids are having fun. More things around that. You know, the incentives around the city, which you can partner with the Montreal Canadiens. They've opened up a lot of ice rinks just to have you know, people skate and whatnot, get kids out there and be active. Do so. Have more of that. Build more rinks. Build more quality ice rinks around the province. Get kids excited to want to play hockey. And then again, like I said, for injuries and what, like that's that's an NHL problem per se, right? But making sure that hockey is safe for everyone. Better trained coaches means we deal with all this garbage that we're listening in the media better, right? So nobody's getting abused and stuff. Nobody's addicted to pain meds and stuff. There's a lot of things that are keeping kids off the ice that have nothing to do with, you know, income tax rate in Quebec, (laughs) right? Or where they want to sign their deal. A lot of this has to do with the cost of equipment being high. And parents seeing hockey as a violent sport. And again, I know hockey's not violent. I know there are cases where, you know, fighting happens. Yeah, but it's not violent. It's a physical sport. It's physical. And I will fight anybody to the death who says it's a violent sport. It's not. There is no violent sport on the face of this planet. You can't find one. There are physical sports. Some are more physical than others. But they are not violent because there are rules. There are referees, right? The NHL rule book is three miles long, right? It's so hard to understand. There's rules, things you can, cannot do, right? 
I can't go out. Let's say I bring it always back to the UFC and MMA, right? I can't go out in the street and fight my neighbor in a fist fight. But you know what? If we went to Las Vegas and got the Nevada Gaming Commission to allow us to use the octagon with one of their referees and we had padded gloves and we like, you know, the same thing with boxing. Boxing is not violent. It's physical. So, yeah, you're punching somebody in the head. Yeah, you're right. But there's a referee and you got gloves and there's things that you can do when, you know, the round is this long and you do 12 of them until, you know, the other person's knocked out or falls down or they can't go. There are rules. There are things that govern them inside of those rules that are outside of what society allows. Again, I can't just grab boxing gloves, go out the street and start punching my neighbor. That is against the law. But if I do it in a control environment with rules and everybody's in agreement, different. So again, all these sports, hockey is not a violent sport. It is a physical sport. And I get how that may turn some parents off when you're listening to players dying, right, after their career, having suffered X amount of concussions, right, and saying, well, I don't want that for my kid. He's not going to play. I understand that. That's a fair that's a fair argument. You got to make sure that hockey is a safe sport for everybody. You got to make sure that especially for kids when their brains are developing and they're both like things are going to happen, right? Like you're going to take sticks to the face. You you may break bones or ligaments or whatnot. It's 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 going to happen. You could break a leg walking out, you know, slipping on a step on your way out to work. Yeah, you could. But some parents don't want to like put their kids through that. Because the fear of injury. And that's a fair argument for them to have. Hockey has to be something that we look at and say, hey, this is safe. And again, it has to be a little bit more affordable for parents. Not just league fees, equipment fees. How much can you write off if your son plays hockey or, or if your daughter plays hockey? You know, Women's hockey is a big part of this as well. We talk about the NHL. There are lots of great female Play, you know, hockey players who are from the province of Quebec. You know, one of them was recently inducted into the Hockey Hall of Fame in Kim St. Pierre. These are things that I think people just disregard because it's not the NHL, right? There is talent here. Like, I, I know that. And there will always be an abundance of, or, or a lot of people who want to play hockey in Quebec. Like I said, it, it's a, it's, it's not, it's not just a sport. It's a religion. It's a culture. It's a way of doing life, right? And I understand, like, it'll continue to be like that. But does that mean that one day we move away from less people wanting to play the sport? Maybe. If you don't do a good job of promoting it and it don't, like, don't, you don't need a panel. You don't need a panel to say, I don't understand why there are not, you know, why Quebec born players are not reaching the highest level. Look at the grassroots, right? Look at the grassroots. Why is the tree not growing? You're not looking at the leaves to figure out why the tree's not growing. You're looking at the roots. What is the soil it's planted in? Look at the base and say, what's not working here? And then go from there. That's how you understand it. That's how you make this better. Invest in kids. Invest in the future of hockey at a grassroots level. Build the infrastructure. This requires a ton of money. And again, look, without with, with the politics being out of it, because again, you know, Legault's looking to get reelected next year. So he's trying to tap into people and their love for hockey. I get that. But if you really want to do well on that promise, or if you really care, like I genuinely believe that he cares about hockey. He's, you know, he's from here. He loves hockey. Yes. But it's also, you know, 
It's also something to help him get reelected. And we're not going to say that that's not it. Right? There's a genuine idea here that this is an, you know, something that he's trying to attach certain people with to get to vote for him. And that's fine. But if you want to stay true on that promise, on getting more French-speaking players to the NHL, invest in the roots, build infrastructure, even outdoor rinks, help control the cost of equipment for parents, give them a tax write-off. It'll encourage some parents to sign their kids up. I, I mean, I know it will. Even for kids, you say, yeah, but your kid doesn't have to buy a $350 stick. No, but little Jimmy's going to practice, you know, with little Bobby. And little Bobby's out there rocking the new, you know, rocking the new stick that he's got. My day was the new Eastern Synergies, man. The Z-Bubbles, man. Now, I mean, you know, kids walking out there with the new Bauer Vapor. Little Johnny's not showing up with his Sherwood stick anymore, you know. Like that, you get it? Like it's petty stuff like that, but we know kids, right? I mean, shit, parents do it, right? John sees, you know, his neighbor walking out there with his new F-150. What does he do? He goes out and he buys himself an F-150 as well. We know that. That exists. That's petty stuff. Shouldn't be doing it. But again, for kids, it's different. They want the best of the best, right? They want that stuff. They want the cool stuff that their favorite player is wearing. They want the same Reebok helmet. They want the same Bauer gloves, right? And this stuff is expensive. And even in a time like now, especially when cost has been higher than ever to play sport, I can see why some parents are choosing an alternative. You know, maybe little maybe little Jimmy wants to play, you know, hockey in the winter and soccer in the summer. Nothing wrong with that. You should always encourage kids to play more than one sport, get out and do different things. Well, maybe they enjoy a love for both, you know? Maybe they end up being like a Kyler Murray, you know? Excel at both, but at one point they got to choose, right? Well, maybe parents say, you know what, little Jimmy, you're great at both, but mommy and daddy can only afford soccer equipment, so you're going to play soccer or basketball. Maybe you end up in a generation where more kids are playing those sports and developing at a higher level than you are in hockey. So again, it's not if if the question you want to know is saying, "Hey, why are there why do the Montreal Canadiens not have more French speaking players on their team?" Don't look at the players who are not coming here. They're not coming here for economical reasons and weather and life. That's a whole different reason. You got to convince them for that. And that'll always be a challenge no matter what. Until you become a top-tier winning team every year where players say, "You know what? Kind of like, I mean, look at the, you know, Look at the Rams, the LA Rams in football. I mean, magically, everybody wants to go play with the Rams, right? Or the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Everybody found their way to Tampa, right? I mean, the climate's nice. You're winning, you know, some talent all around, you know, kind of thing. Unless you have that, you're going to have to compete for talent. And in the NHL, it's it's tough for Quebec market to have to deal with. I mean, it snows, man. I know. Some people don't want to deal with the snow. So that, I mean, that is what it is. You can't change that. There's nothing you can do about it. You can't change the weather. You can't deal with all that garbage. But, hey, I think the best way to get kids or, or the best way for the Montreal Canadiens to have more French-speaking players is to develop them at home, right? Invest the resources here. Have more of them in the league, right? Bring that number up. If you got about 30 to 50, try to triple that number to about 120, 150 in the NHL. Then you got a bigger player pool 
And again, realize that other countries have also started to get better as well. Remember 20 years ago when, I mean, you used to go to the Olympics and some teams, I mean, Team Italy's getting smashed. Team Italy's still getting smashed, but, you know, the Czech Republic, much better team, right? The Swedes, Finland as well, great markets. The, 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 the player pool is getting better. There are better, more other countries have invested money into developing players. And we see, you know, look at Switzerland, you know, lots of great Swiss players now. You know, Austin Matthews went to Switzerland to develop instead of playing U.S. hockey. He went to go play with men. The KHL is a league now as itself that allows players to develop as well. The pool of talent is getting better. And people are complaining, well, why are there not more? The rest of the world's getting better and you're not. Get good, kid. <laughs> Get good. That's what it is to me. Get good. Get, invest money. Continue to. And again, whether you want to invest money in sport. I mean, again, that's an election issue. That's government. That's politics. You let them deal with that, right? Could we be investing money in other things outside of that that may need more attention? Sure. But again, the problem is not that Quebec players don't want to be here, which some of them don't. The main problem is, is you're not. The reason we're not developing high-talented kids or players is because some of the kids never get to them. They never get off the ground. There's probably so many that can't start there, work your way up and you'll see the problem will get better. You'll fix this, but you got to invest in kids, give the tax credits, build the infrastructure, encourage parents, keep hockey safe and fun for kids. Kids are going to want to play hockey no matter what, because it's all it's, it's there all the time, man. All kids want to play is hockey. The ice rinks and stuff like that still exists. Make sure those facilities are still being used, right? That's the important part. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is today's episode. As always, thank you so much for listening. Like I said, if this is your first time listening to the podcast, thank you for making it this far. I appreciate you. Wherever you're listening, go ahead, hit the subscribe button there so you can keep up with future episodes that come out as well. If you're listening to this over on the YouTube Smash the sub button. Ring the bell. Thank you so much. Try to get the YouTube channel all the way up to 100 subscribers. We're at 63 as of today. Try to do that by the end of the year. So go ahead, hit the sub button. Share this with a friend you think would enjoy this. Let me know in the comments section, especially on YouTube, man. What's your opinion? Tell me. Or let me know on Twitter, at FuzzyChris91. Tell me how we fix the problem. Or tell me what the problem is. Maybe you got a different opinion than me. Let me know. Reach out to me at FuzzyChris91. Follow the podcast as well at Slapshot Podcast. Let me know there as well your take, how you feel about this. What's the solution? How do we get there? How do we help help the premier? Help him out. The man needs help. He's not going to do this by himself. He's got a committee trying to figure it out, and I figured it out in 10 minutes. It's not hard. It's not hard. All right. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for being here. Whether you're new or old, I appreciate you. I love you. And we'll talk to each other soon.